Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Oh God, get off the stage. Love you, young Micah. What a brilliant, great offering message. But you do know the deal, right? Yeah. Now we stand, we praise God. Go. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, have a seat, have a seat. I know some of y'all make more noises than that, louder grunts than that, when y'all's lions lose every single week than you do with a lion who wins indefinitely. You know what I'm saying? I offended half of you, and the other rest of you are like, yeah, I like this guy. He's a good pastor. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny. I was, I, was, I was deep in prayer in the middle of worship, and I was in the third heavens with the Lord, and Jesus was there, and he just looked at me, and he was like, Matt, some people wear jerseys of the losing team to church more regularly than they wear Christianity out in the world. And I was like, Jesus, you're right, you know? And then I was like, okay, that was actually just me being offended at people who skip church for football. Okay, some dumb joke. But anyways, seriously, he knows and he's watching you, okay? He's watching you. It's good. Oh, man, I love Jesus. And uh, this last weekend, uh, as in, well, this weekend, I guess, <laughs> we got to uh, be away with our staff for just a day, about almost about 24 hours, and we went away to a little place in Lowell, and uh, I won't name the, the name of the, the Airbnb we stayed at, because it's kind of sketch, but it was a beautiful place. It was just a name of sketch. <laughs> and so, ask somebody else, don't, don't ask your pastor. Um, and so... Uh, we got away though and we got to be together and really just reorient our team and reorient ourselves for this next season that as we wind down 2023, who's ready for 2024, baby? I know, I'm the guy who's so stoked. Like, I get it, it's, it's half and half. Some of us are like, I can't believe the year's almost over. Where did it go? And then the other part of us is like, yes, let's go. Next year's gonna be the bomb. Like, there's, you know what I mean? We, we kind of split right down the middle when it comes to that. But I got to tell you, I, when you live with vision, you're always living in expectation. When you live with vision, you're always living with expectation. I have vision for 2024, so I am very expectant of 2024. I have vision for Takeover Church, so I'm very expectant of 2024. Like 2023 is not done yet, but I am telling you where we are going and where he is taking us and where we are going to follow him, the depths of which he is going to take us as a body, as a church, Friends, I am telling you, the next couple of months are more about getting ready for the next season instead of trying to hold on to a previous season. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I'm telling you, you live with vision, you will live with expectation. If you don't have expectation, it's probably because you're living without vision. It's probably because you're living without vision. And what does Solomon say? Where there's no vision, my people perish. I don't want you to die while you're still living. I don't want you to die. This isn't in my notes. This is for free. I don't want you to die while you're still living. The Lord has so much more than, than just 2023. He's got so much more in his 2024 bars. He's got so much more for you. And I'm telling you, if you don't catch a vision of him and all that he has for you, friends, you will stay living and glorying in yesteryear. Your best days will be what is behind you and not what is ahead of you. And the next thing you'll be doing is you'll be an old man or an old woman going back in my day, I used to. Back in my day, God used to. Back in my day, I used to meet with him when I was young. 
that was never supposed to cease, that it was never supposed to end, this was never supposed to change. Friends, we go from glory to glory, not the good old glory days. Amen? So get a vision. Live with expectation. God has so much more for you, and I am pumped that it's November. Who's pumped that it's November? Come on. Where's my stuffing and turkey brothers and sisters at? You know what I'm saying? A few of us? I know, I was telling Adrian before service, like my anointing's growing a little bit. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, friends. See, if I say it as a joke, it makes me feel better about myself, even though I hate myself. So uh, I'm telling you, this next year, everything we do for the next two months is preparing us for the next 12 months. It's going to be incredible. It is going to be incredible. So who loves Jesus this morning? Come on, come on. Yes, I love Jesus. And I want a vision of Jesus resurrecting life everywhere we go. And so this morning, we are continuing the stewardship of our prophetic word for 2023. Yeah, we are stewarding it. It's going to be awesome. Shut up, Zach. And it is going to be great. And I am so pumped. He judges me so hard for my yes. Um, he's like, you just do it at the most inappropriate times. I'm like, I'm excited. I can't help it. When Jesus moves, you just, you lose it. But we're going to continue our stewardship of our prophetic word. I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me this last weekend what a prophetic word is uh, for 2024. And man, I'm like, J1, let's go. Like, where, where is, bring on Q1. Like, I'm ready, you know? Bring on first fruit season. Bring on worship nights every single week in the, week of, uh, in the month of January. That's right, baby. Glory nights coming back, baby. It's going to be awesome. Every single Wednesday in the month of January, we will be right here having a worship night, just going after the glory of the Lord. We put everything on pause just to host him in every single place and every single thing that we do. It's going to be awesome. But that's, that's next year. So let's finish this one well. Luke 12, 49 through 50, we know it. God says, man, I have come so that I can cast fire upon the earth. That's what Jesus says. He's like, I've got a plan. I've got a mission. This is what it is. I am preparing myself a burning people, a burning body, and a burning bride. And I would baptize already with fire if it were kindled, if it was dry, if it was so dry and in need of me. And therefore, it would be literally emptied of everything else. He would kindle it. He would burn upon it. If we were so empty of every other lover, every other oil, every other fount that we know that we go to, and we were dry and we were ready for a burning and move of God in our lives, Jesus would do it. And I believe this church, our mandate, this house has been about becoming that burning bride that Jesus longs to return for. Amen. So we're going to continue the stewardship. If you got your B-I-B-L-E's, bust them bad Jacksons out. If you're taking notes, the title of my sermon this morning is this. Ready this? The fire that is found in blind faith. The fire that is found in blind faith. The fire that is found in blind faith. And I'd submit it to you like this. There is a particular set of fire in our Lord, power in our Lord, dunamis power in our Lord that can only be found and only be accessed and only be tapped into via blind faith but we'll get to that. If you got your B-I-B-L-E's, open up to the book of Mark for me. Coming out of Mark 10, 46 through 52. If you're there, say I'm there. All righty. Someone's real excited. They were there. I believe that, uh, who I got back there? I got Big Philly, I Killer Kells. Come on, get up for Big Philly and Killer Kells in the booth. Feels like I hate that nickname. Don't do that. It's okay. They're killing it back there. All right, here we go, 46. Uh, 1046, here we go. And they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples. 
Peter, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, bless you, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Can someone just lift up and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I think I read that wrong the first time. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Somebody say, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, he's in the place. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart get up he is calling you and throwing off his cloak he sprang up and he came to Jesus and Jesus said to him what do you want me to do for you and the blind man said rabbi rabbi let me recover my sight and Jesus said to him go your way your faith has made you well and immediately he recovered and his sight and followed him on the way we're going to pray and we are going to let jesus just rip us let's do it father we love you father we do we love you god and i'm asking god right now i'm asking those prophetic words that the apostle paul prayed god i know that if there's a prayer in scripture it's already been approved by you and so when we match our hearts with your written inspired infallible word god i know that you say yes so i Go in agreement with the Apostle Paul and his church, with our church today, God. And I ask, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. Open the eyes of our hearts, God. We want to see you four eyes wide, God. The two on our face and the two on our heart. We want to see you, God, rightly. We want to see you in your majesty, in your glory, in your beauty, in your might, in your power. We want to see you. We didn't come to church today for some play, play, fake, phony Jesus built in our image. No, 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 we came today to see the Jesus who leads us to the Father. We came today, Lord, to find ourselves in the inner courts. We came today, God, to take you at your word, to believe you are who you say you are, so that we might live a life, God, that you say we can live, but not to our glory, but to be a pleasing aroma unto you. So, Father, whatever we've got to be, make us. Whatever we got to be that would attract you, please you and keep you make us that way we say make us that way God we're not interested in pleasing ourselves attracting ourselves or keeping ourselves we're not interested this morning in the religious church and the religious spirit where we attract everyone else <laughs> where we please everyone else or where we keep everyone else we want to attract you please you and keep you Lord Jesus so Holy Spirit of God, whatever you've got to do to make us a vessel that can be trusted to keep Jesus, to please Jesus, to attract Jesus. Holy Spirit, you have unlimited access. You have your way in this place right now. In Jesus' mighty and precious and undefeated name, we all said, amen. Oh, that's what happens when I go in the woods. It's like I get weird. It's like when you don't believe me in a cafe, I get weird. Oh, it's good. The fire found in blind faith. The fire found in blind faith. The fire found in blind faith. <sighs> Man, this has been the best year. 
This has been the best and worst year, going to be honest. It's been the best and worst year. And I love that because whatever God starts, the devil opposes. And it's been a year where we have seen both literally revival, a spirit of revival break loose in our midst. In the same spirit, we've had some of the biggest heartbreaks. We've had some of the biggest setbacks. We have some of the biggest, what appear to be defeats, except for you know Jesus is all about resurrection life and he's redeeming every single thing that we thought was a loss. He takes an L and makes it a W, amen? It's who he is. It's what he does. He takes no L's. He only puts up buckets. That's who our Jesus is, amen? Someone's like, this short guy knows basketball? Yeah. I have fantasies, okay? <laughs> Being 6'2". <laughs> that's a low bar. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, it is. It's, that's so sad. <laughs> Couldn't even make it in the NBA if you were 6'2". Anyways, unless you're John Stockton, greatest shooter in the game. Anyways. Anyways. Hear me, hear me. In the world... We saw Asbury Revival break out. We saw from Asbury Revival, we saw college campuses all across this great nation of ours break loose in revival. We are seeing right now, I don't know if you know this, but there's a great man of God. I call him the Prince of Preachers because his name is Jensen Franklin, which is the coolest old name of all time. But his name is Jensen Franklin. He is down, I believe, in Georgia. And he is absolutely killing it right now. And the revival broke out when they had Perry Stone come and visit. If you know anything about Perry Stone, oh, my, 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 in jumpsuits. That's all you got to know. Oh, my, 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 in jumpsuits. Revival is still going, uh, breaking out. They have had 12 consecutive nights of numbers that have broke every single statistic they've ever had. And they're a massive church, okay? Massive. I'm talking young and old alike, flooding the altar, breaking loose right before God. Jensen, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, please. Pastor Jensen is an amazing man of God, amazing man of faith in our nation. And he has had the honor and privilege of praying over every single president since George W. Bush. It's been amazing. Now you can decide whether <laughs> some of that was fruitful. Uh, I'll leave that for you. Bottom line is he's been in a, put in a position and a place and power in our nation to prophetically point the church in the direction it needs to go, which is not to the White House, but to the throne. Amen. And at the same time, we've seen revival break loose in our nation, even one currently happening right now, 12 days strong. We've seen war break out in the Middle East. We've seen We've seen Hamas and Gaza and all these things attack Israel. At the same time, we've seen the thing that's going on between Russia and Ukraine and all of that. We've seen so many bloodshed, people hurt, people injured. There's been wars and rumors of wars, which is from what? The book of Revelation, which is what? A prophetic picture into the end. But it's not just a prophetic picture into how it ends. It's a prophetic picture into how he returns. Because it's not the book of end times, it's the book of revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so it's been this amazing time in the world, and I know you, somebody's going to get a little religious offended. Pastor said it was amazing that all this is happening. It is. Amazing, not in that I necessarily delight in it, but amazing in the true English definition of the word, that it's, it's awe-inspiring. It's amazing. Like, we are, we are living in a time that so many have prophesied that they were, this was their life, they were going to be the end time generation, and we are living in a time where we very might well be. Yeah, come on, Amber. Let's go. And what concerns me, what concerns me is that we live in a time and place where there is every reason to be found getting ready. That's right. Jesus says, I'm coming for a bride who's made herself ready. 
It's amazing how he doesn't say, I'm coming for a bride whose pastors made her ready. <laughs> right? I mean, like, it's amazing that it doesn't read, I'm coming for a bride that the church has made her ready. No, no, no. That she's got the best theology. She's, she's trained herself up well. She's given away all this stuff. No, no, no. Like, there's, there's no qualification here for anybody else preparing the bride besides the bride herself making herself ready. Are you hearing me? And I don't come with, you know, shots this morning to take at you, but rather an invitation to extend to you. I am telling you this morning, there is an invitation, an alarm, a siren in the earth right now, blaring from the heavens, make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. Because what's interesting is we've got so many online podcasts, YouTube, TikTok preachers, miss me with it. Yeah, I can't stand them. Wonder why? Because they're so committed right now to riling us all up about the end times instead of readying us all up for the return of the king. Are you hearing me? They have elevated the fact that God's going to return. He's going to strike down. He's going to smite all the Democrats. Jesus isn't simply returning to smite the heathen, the pagan, the Pharisees, the Democrats, whoever. He's not just coming back to do such things. No, in fact, what he's intending to do, his number one priority is to return for a bride who's made herself ready. And if our heart posture in this season, friends, is that we can't wait for God to return and to beat down all the people we hate. Well, it doesn't sound like you've gotten ready because there's greater priorities. There's greater priorities. The first time he came, he came to seek and save those that were lost. The second time he's coming, he's coming to seek and contend and to be with and to re not, not rescue, but return back unto heaven with a beautiful, blameless bride, laced in white, dressed. You know what I'm saying? Dude, JJ knows what I'm saying. Out of the mouth of babes, baby. He was with Jesus recently. <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> He's like, he told me he's coming, he's coming. JJ's prophesying right now. We just gotta, we gotta be able to interpret those tongues. Hear me. Jesus is interested in, yes, smiting the devil, making his name famous in all the earth. But the bride's number one priority cannot be literally the consequences of his return, but the reason for his return. Are you hearing me? All that he will do, all that he will smite, all that he will break down, all that he will push away, all that he will come against, those are the consequences of his return. The priority of his return is a bride who's made herself ready. And let me tell you, friends, he is looking for a bride with fire in her eyes, whose hair is as white as his, whose feet have been made bronze, who have gone through the refinement process to stand across at an altar isn't it amazing that we're called to both be a living sacrifice upon an altar so that we will one day stand across from the bridegroom, Jesus, on an altar. He's looking for a refined bride, not a hysterical bride, not a bride who's not very committed to him, not a bride who doesn't have any affection for him, not a bride who is lethargic at best towards him, but he's looking for a bride who wants to be like him and be around him. He's looking for a bride who has taken on his interests. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. 
And so all of these YouTube preachers and all these things that are happening in the earth right now, the people who are making the most amount of noise, friends, I am telling you, they be making the most amount of noise, but they sound like a clanging cymbal because they are not making themselves ready. They're sounding an alarm, which we need. But the alarm isn't the king is coming. The alarm is the king is coming, get ready. Get ready. And so for Takeover Church, it's, 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 not, it's not about all of the things that will come by consequence. It is about the one who is coming and how you and I, we owe him to be ready when he comes. We owe him to be ready when he comes. The king is coming and I want to be found ready. I want to be found with my oil filled. I want to be found in expectation an expectation for what he will do. Matt, Pastor Matt, what does this have to do with anything with blind Bartimaeus? I'll tell you, church, it has everything to do with blind Bartimaeus because blind Bartimaeus, this moment in time, is all about expectation. Expectation. It's about expectation. You see, we live in a time and place right now where our expectations have fallen to the depths or the heights of our revelation. I'm appreciating anybody this morning. We will fall, our expectations will either fall or rise to the level of our revelation. Revelation of what? Who he is. Who he is. Who our God is. See, revelation births expectation and your revelation, I'm telling you, will be preceded by your level of expectation. What do you expect from Jesus? Not just when he returns, not just when he comes and he splits the skies, but when he walks into this room every single Sunday, when he walks into your home, your bedroom, your dinner table, your friend's place, your ministry place, your place of work, your place of school, wherever you go, what do you expect of Jesus? I'll tell you what you expect of Jesus whatever your revelation of Jesus is. If your revelation is that he is disinterested, then you have no expectation for him to move in your life. If your revelation of Jesus is that he is seated on a throne and we're all just here waiting as some damsel in distress to be rescued by him, then friends, you're not gonna be getting yourself ready. Instead, you're gonna feel like a hot mess express the entire time you're here. You're not called to be a hot mess express. You're called to be a dazzling bride. You're not a damsel in distress. You're a dazzling bride. Jesus isn't coming back for some wimp, impotent, scrawny, unaffectionate, disinterested bride. He's coming back with a bride that looks like him, acts like him, and is interested in him, and goes in his ways. That's what he's coming back for. And this is, this, is, this is paramount to you and I because if we do not hold the revelation of Jesus that Jesus holds of himself, then friends, your expectations for what you will experience in Jesus, receive from Jesus, and go and do with Jesus, be next to nothing. Be next to nothing. Jesus is very much interested. He shed his blood for it. Jesus is very much interested. He's still causing revival. Jesus is very much interested. The earth is quaking for him. <laughs> Why is it quaking? Because it's beginning to respond. It's beginning to respond. 
the earth is preparing to receive the king. And when the king begins and the contractions begins and the birth pains begin, the world that will host him will begin to shake, will begin to tremble, will begin to act out of pocket, act out of nature, act out of chaos. But then once the king enters, he brings peace and everything's subdued under him. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'm telling you, Jesus isn't coming back for a bride who's expectationless. He's not. He's coming back for a bride who's not only made herself ready, but she has pursued deep revelation of who he is. See, what this has to do with blind Bartimaeus is that you and I, we live in a time and place where literally Jesus is talked about the most per capita of every city. Literally, as you know, Grand Rapids has the most amount of churches per capita in our nation. We are both the most over-churched and under-churched region in our nation. I hate the phrase over-churched. But the bottom line is we are actually under church because does Grand Rapids reflect the fact that it could even contend for being quote unquote over churched? Like sit there and think about that. Think about, think about Jesus on his throne and the amount of houses that he sees, the very few that he actually goes to, the couple that he rests in and lives in and his expectation of this region. What is his expectation? Because his revelation is that if it was over churched, man, it would be taken over. <laughs> if it was over church, everything would be flipped upside down. If it was over church, this city wouldn't look like the city that we see. Instead, it would look like a city on a hill. Instead, it would look like the church in Ephesus, modern day Turkey, where 10,000, 12,000 people would be worshiping him day and night, night and day, not complaining about the length of service. Preaching to anybody? Why's it gotta be so long? I don't know, why you gotta play that game so long? Why do you gotta watch the game so long? Why do you gotta, what do you do with your life that you can't give Jesus your life? I'm confused. Cause I know what he's coming back for and I know what we've given him and the two things don't match up. Am I preaching to anybody? I am telling you, we live in the most quote unquote over church area in the nation. The most churches per capita in our nation and yet is significantly, I tell you prophetically, the most underchurched area in our nation. How do I know? Because Grand Rapids still looks like Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids still looks like Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids still looks like Grand Rapids. So what do we, what do, we do with that? How do we begin to both be the overchurched and we, and we begin to push back the underchurched nature, the underchurched current, the underchurched undercurrent that we have in our city. How do we begin to do that? That's a play on words because of the Grand Rapids River. <laughs> the Grand River. Anyways, that's why I'm not a rapper, okay? And I'm white. So, news to me. I'm telling you. How do we, how do, we do this? How do we... How do we live with that statistic? How do we stomach the fact that we have literally the most churches per capita in the United States of America per city and yet have the most under-churched? What do I mean by that? I mean, is the, is the presence of God flowing through every neighborhood? Is revival breaking loose here? 
Are we seeing the most impossible situations and scenarios turn around? Are we seeing marriages that have been literally plummeted by hell being raised to resurrection life in Jesus? Are we, like what are, like is rumors still making an income, an income as the openly gay bar in our city or are we leading the homosexual district back to Jesus? Like, let's talk about it if we're gonna talk about it. It's like the best thing I've ever said. And if you all leave, I could care less. Jesus is proud of that statement. They can worship as they are. No, because you and I can't worship as we were. (laughs) I feel the fear of God right now. I'm telling you, our revelation of Jesus has got to raise up. Because right now we live in a place that's revelation of Jesus has caused an expectation of him to plummet. The most churches per capita, that means the name of Jesus goes forth how many services? How many times? How many gatherings per week, per year? How many times does the name Jesus in faith, in conviction, by the word of God, under the authority of scripture, get spoken in our city and yet Grand Rapids still looks like she does. That's not something I can live with. Is that something you can live with? Is that something that we can give him? Is that our lives work? Is that our lives offering? Because I think when he looks at so many houses of worship, he has an expectation that the city would become a city of worship. You see, what this has to do with blind Bartimaeus is that Peter, who's the author of the book of Mark, Mark is basically his intern, John Mark. He says, Micah, it's really good. That's why it's written written so well. It's really good. But he literally starts off. He's like, they're on their way to Jericho. And now they're leaving Jericho. (laughs) Peter is notorious, not just for his ADD like a madman, but he's notorious for skipping over very crucial parts of the story. But it's because he has something he's very much interested in telling you. And he's not really caring about all the details. But what you and I've got to realize is between those two sentences, they were on their way to Jericho and then they were leaving Jericho. That period right there is absolutely massive because Jericho, as we know, is a place that was a walled fortress and God told Israel, go and march around it seven times. And upon the seventh time, as you get to where I have pre-decided, I want you, not when you feel like it, Not when it's been uncomfortably quiet for too long. Not when service has run too long. Not when, you hearing me? Not when you're ready for those walls to fall. When you're ready to be done marching. When you're done blowing your trumpet. When you're exhausted. When you're tired. When you've got better things to do. No, when I say as God, now is the time to blow the trumpets. You blow not a second before, not a second after. And I promise you, this fortress will fall. See, we, Grand Rapids is his own kind of Jericho. <laughs> but, we've, but we've treated our worship, we've treated our obedience, we've treated our expectation on ours, on our revelation of what he wants, 
of our revelation of what church looks like, of our revelation of worship, of our revelation of when we're done. (laughs) And it's no wonder to me that Grand Rapids looks like Grand Rapids. Does it amaze you? Because we haven't done things his way, even though we know breakthrough only comes his way. (laughs) We know revival is only birthed his way. It's birthed his way so much that when we do it, literally by how he says to, when he says to, not a second before, not a second after, but when we do it in perfect obedience, not only do the walls come crawling and crushing down, but the walls actually fall in on, on the very people, the very land and once, what once stood tall against God's people is now the foundation for which God's people will build upon. It's literally what happens. They didn't do this. They fell inward. They fell inward. Which could only happen if there was some sort of prophetic open heaven vacuum above it. Because most scholars would tell you it would have fell out. But it fell in. It collapsed on itself because the God above it and the obedience around it caused in conjunction with one another for the most miraculous breakthrough sign of God potentially in the Old Testament happened when they shouted when he said to shout. And this this is the place that Israel has possessed and this is the place that Israel has seen miracles upon miracles upon miracles in this moment with Jesus. How do I know? Because when they were leaving, they were surrounded by a mass crowd of people. (laughs) You know where they didn't leave? A mass crowd of people? Places where there wasn't big expectation or big revelation of who Jesus was. You wanna know where that main place was? (laughs) Jesus' hometown. (laughs) But everywhere else, they've seen God move greatly before. It didn't only surprise them that Jesus did what Jesus did they expected Jesus to do what Jesus did. See, what's interesting about Jericho and what's interesting about Takeover Church is that when God, listen to me, when God has already, hmm, when God has already performed signs, wonders, and miracles, He has approved that city, that place, that region, that church for more signs, wonders, and miracles. God never comes and performs a miracle and not leave his hand of approval. God never comes and leaves, that God never comes and moves in miracles without leaving his hand of approval. You can see it all throughout scripture. Got a million references. I'm telling you, every time God has moved before, you can expect him to do it again. So when he moves, our revelation of him should what? Go up. Our revelation of him should what? Expand. Our revelation of him should get more daring, more bold, more audacious, more crazy, more outlandish, more insane to the people around us who do not yet possess the same revelation of Jesus that you and I now possess. But when he comes and he moves in the miraculous, he leaves his hand of approval. So the people in Jericho, they understood when God comes, the whole place was already built on a miracle. 
They expected him. The ground literally was laced with signs, miracles, and wonders. <laughs> they already lived in, possessed the most unexpected. The fact that they could even have, I'm kidding, no, no joke. The fact that they can even have a harvest, plants, water, reservoirs, homes, in a place that was built upon concrete walls, testifies that God was there. I'm not preaching to anybody. Are you seeing the depths of this? So what about you, Takeover Church? What about you? Not because we have concrete floors as well, but because I've seen a young woman get laid hands on right in that back corner. She was wearing a boot and she left without it. Or because I've seen, not on this stage, but actually it was on that old stage that's beneath the drum kit, a young woman who was literally laid hands on and came in with a clean testimony of being healed of cervical cancer. What about Dave when he was going in on Monday and he was going to have his, literally his chest cracked open because that Thursday he had MRI showing that he had a black spot on his heart. They were going to crack this man's chest open, perform heart surgery, and our beginning 5 p.m. services we still green behind the gills, baby. We don't know nothing about nothing, but that we want Jesus. And we believed and we laid hands. And what happened? They put him in. They sedated him. He went under and the doctor was like, you know what? I kind of feel like maybe we need to uh, run another MRI. I don't know, but just it'll, it'll, it'll give me peace going into the surgery. Does another MRI. Guess what's not there? Black spot. We've seen arms that have been bitten by a dog and broke, miraculously healed in Jesus' name. I'm talking x-ray, broken, healed in Jesus' name. We've got miracles on miracles on miracles, testimonies on testimonies on testimonies, moves of God. I am telling you from cancer, for broken bones, Everything in between. We have seen God do it in this very space, in this very house, in this very tribe. And I am telling you, is our revelation of him one that you and I would continue to move in that expectation of him? If he's moved in the miraculous, he has approved us for more. He's left it open. Legally in the kingdom of God, we get to go and say, God, you did it before. Can you do it again? God, you've done it before. I believe you will do it again. God, you've done it before. I want to see you do it again. Because I know that you healed in that corner. And I know that you healed at this altar. I know that you've redeemed bodies in this room. I know that you've set drug addicts free. I know that you have broke in and broke through in the most broken situations possible, God. Can you do it again? See, this is what it has to do with blind Bartimaeus is because the story starts off in a place literally founded and built upon a miraculous sign and wonder. And guess what continued to happen in that place? Guess what made it easy that when Jesus showed up, signs and wonders and miracles could take place? It's because there was faith and expectation that God could because there was a revelation of who he is. They already had an expectation in Jericho because they had the revelation of the God who made the walls of Jericho fall. The fact that they can have wells that go through concrete. The fact, are you hearing me? The fact that they could grow crops over top of concrete, that the, that the roots could break down into an earth. Their whole situation in this place was literally by the hand of God's miraculous. 
It's amazing. And so I love Peter. He's like, they're on the way to Jericho, and then they're leaving Jericho. And I'm like, Peter, that period kind of matters, buddy. Because what happens next is they're moving. There's a great crowd of people. You see, I wonder, friends, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, when Jesus is around, how will your expectation be found? When Jesus is around, how will your expectation be found? Because when Jesus comes around, your expectation is exposed. When Jesus walks into a room, like he has this morning, when Jesus is around, your expectation will be found. It will be found out. Are you hearing me? You see, I wonder... I wonder, they're leaving Jericho. They've amassed this great crowd of witnesses. They've seen so much. They've seen so much. And I wonder, in a place like Takeover Church, where we've seen so much, what is our expectation? What is our revelation? Where is our faith? Where do we believe he will move? And where do we not believe he will move? And how do we take that place of what we believe and raise it up so that what we don't believe ceases to exist? That's the invitation. That's the invitation to this morning. Get your faith up. Get your faith up. Because you're sitting in a room right now marked by signs, wonders, and miracles, and yet I'm wondering, we have friends who are going through things. Do we bring them here? Well, Pastor Matt, they're not a Christian. I, I don't care. Jesus healed a lot of people who aren't Christians. Maybe they will be if you brought them to church. Maybe if you took a step of faith and you said, listen, I know you don't believe, but we've seen some things and I'm telling you, if you'll come Sunday, we're gonna lay hands and we're gonna believe God. Maybe you don't believe, but I do. And if you'll just come and you just give him a little bit of obedience, maybe you'll be delivered. Maybe you'll be set free. Maybe you'll walk out. Are you hearing me? Your level of revelation will determine your level of expectation. And for some of us, your level of expectation and your level of revelation will speak to your level of participation. It's what we see all throughout scripture. It's what we see in the history of the church. I'll tell you the guy at Asbury, his level of revelation with Jesus was, I got secret sin in my life and I can't keep, I can't keep leading this place without sharing it. And so he confessed it. And then what happened? Revival broke out. It's amazing. Revelation, expectation, it births a participation that we've never believed, that we've never seen, but is deeply rooted in the heart of God. God, there's so much more left in his heart. There's so much more left on his table. There's so much more in his kingdom. The sheer fact that a man could have relationship with God after all that man has done is a miracle in and of itself. And yet we fall to the level of zero expectations so often. It's like he saved you. He could do anything. At least that's how I feel. <laughs> I don't know about you and how much sin you had, but I know for me, he saved me and now he chooses to even use me. Man, I love that we don't have a janitor. I get to clean those toilets every single Monday. And I'm like, thank God. Keep me humble. Keep me in this place that you want to use me. 
that can be instrumental in cleaning and feeding your sheep while cleaning those toilets. That's, that's the dream, baby. I'd love it if another pastor said that. Because then we'd know how many of us there are to trust. Expectation is birthed by revelation and participation is, is birthed by expectation. I am telling you, friends, right now, there is an invitation. He's moving in the earth in such a way that if we will actually just take him up on who he says he is, we will see and we will experience and we will behold the miraculous signs and wonders that go and follow those that believe. That's what the word of God says. So what happens next? What happens next is nuts. What happens next is nuts because here's the deal. Your revelation of Jesus cannot be based off what you've seen in Jesus. Well, Pastor Matt, how am I supposed to believe I haven't seen? Well, friend, I believe it was the great Apostle Paul who once said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, Pastor Matt, make that make sense. I will. His name is Bart. His name is Bart. His name is blind Bartimaeus, friends. And what's interesting about blind Bartimaeus is that this miracles are happening. He is in a place, he is from a place, birthed in signs, wonders, and miracles that he's never seen one. <laughs> he's never seen one. He's never seen one leg grow out. He's never seen one body be raised. He's never seen one crop grow where it shouldn't. He's never seen any of it. He's never even seen the concrete that his city was built upon. He's blind. This dude can't see you. Can't see Jesus. Hasn't. So there's this great crowd of witnesses. This great crowd of witnesses who can bear testimony, who can bear witness, who have seen. And what happens? All of a sudden there's a commotion leaving Jericho and blind Bart happens to be sitting there. He hears the name Jesus and what does he do? He cries out. He cries out. He cries out. What does he do when he hears the name Jesus? He responds accordingly. He's never seen Jesus. He's never seen him. He's not seen him do one miracle. He's not seen him lay one hand. He's not seen him raise one baby from the dead. He's not seen him move in signs, wonders, or miracles at all. So what is it that blind Bartimaeus heard? Because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what's interesting about that statement is that John tells us that Jesus is the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by Jesus. Hearing about Jesus hearing the name of Jesus. He literally hears a great commotion going on. He has no clue why they're gathered. He has no idea why they're following him so intently. He has no idea why there's this amazing mosh pit happening around Jesus and he's just coming through, bam, 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 bam. Everyone's getting a miracle. It's amazing because Jesus, we know from the book of Acts, he healed everyone that came to him. Literally, that's what Dr. Luke said when he wrote the book of Acts. Jesus healed every person that came to him. So there's a great cloud of witnesses, some of them that weren't previously walking, some of them that 
weren't previously seeing, some of them that had sick kids or sick moms or sick whoever, like were bringing demonized people. They were all coming to Jesus. He's moving through Jericho, a place where faith abounds, healing all that come to him. And blind Bartimaeus has not seen any of it, but he's heard all of it. But he's heard all of it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What if you and I, we quit living as creatures, hear me today, what if we quit living as creatures of our instant gratification, scrolling, pornography-induced, ridden generation where it's all about me, 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 and immediately, hello, hello, and all of a sudden we started living based off what we have heard. Well, I just got done telling you some testimonies that have happened in this very house. So how are you going to respond to what you've heard? Because I'll tell you what our, our city has done. Our city has responded to what it has heard. And it has not heard about that Jesus. It's heard about a Jesus that predetermines who he saves. It's called tulip theory. It's called reform. It's called Calvinism. Literally based off two scriptures throughout the rest of the Bible. It's insane. There might be a third one that you can throw in there, but still. Three out of how many thousand? Anyways. Where they hear that he's the wide gate instead of the narrow. They've heard about a Jesus and their level of expectation of that Jesus has fallen to their level of revelation of Jesus. Well, how did they receive such a small revelation of Jesus? They heard a small exhortation of Jesus. They've heard a small proclamation of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Because blind Bartimaeus never saw, only heard. And what did he do, friends? He cried out. He said, listen, this is what he said. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew his character. He knew his lineage. He knew his messiahship. He knew who Jesus was, never seeing the man, never seeing anything that came for the man, but only hearing about the man. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was God. He knew who he was. He didn't think how many of the guys who saw him thought he was Elijah. How many thought he was a reincarnation of Moses? How many of them thought he was a former prophet Jeremiah came back from the dead? Because of what they saw. But blind Bartimaeus shared a revelation of Jesus that Jesus shares of himself because of what he heard about Jesus. Friends, what have you heard about Jesus? What have you heard about Jesus that Jesus in his word or by testimony has never said about himself? What have you heard? What have you heard about him? What have you heard about him that has literally kept you from your miracle? What have you heard about him that has kept you from your outreach? What have you heard about him that has kept you from your healing? from the healing of your parents, from the healing of your sons, from the healing of your daughters, from the healing of your friends, the healing of the lost people you know at work, the healing of your enemies. What have you heard about him that he's not said about himself? Because blind Bartimaeus, 
He's surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. And what do those witnesses do? They just got done what? Seeing all the miracles. And then the blind guy who didn't see any of it, but has faith for it, they tell him to shut up. So what differentiates those between those who have simply only seen and only, per, only have pursued something they can prove carnally and in the flesh versus something that takes some actual faith to believe and move in? There's something that separates. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? There's something that separates those that can be obedient to God, cry out to God, only being heard versus those that have to live by sight and not by faith. All of a sudden, our, our relationship with God changes. Hear me, some of us, we have a relationship with God based only upon what we've seen. Well, I wasn't around for that worship night when he broke out. Problem isn't that the worship night broke out and you're only hearing about it. Problem is that you weren't there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not the problem that God showed up when you weren't around. Problem is that God showed up and you weren't around. Are, are, are you hearing me? Do you see the math here? Two plus two still equals four, fam. I don't care what they tell you on CNN. Still equals four, okay? The problem isn't that God chose to come when you weren't around. It's that you didn't choose to come when you knew he was gonna be around. How do you know he's gonna be around? Because we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. I'm preaching to anybody. So blind Bartimaeus, dude ain't ever seen nothing. Nothing. Has no clue that Jesus has a beard. Has no clue that he has disciples. Has no clue what he's been doing, how he's been moving, how he's been operating. He only has heard it. He has nothing to say. If I cry out, I've seen somebody else cry out. If I cry out right now, he's going to heal me. He has, he's never seen that. <laughs> he's never saw the woman got so close to him, pulled his titsy from his robe, and it healed her. He's never seen it, but he's heard it. He's heard it. Friends, we truly do live by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Friends, we have got to begin being willing to be a people who hear his word and respond accordingly. I am telling you, there are so many times that people can hear the name of Jesus, but they haven't responded accordingly. They can hear about miracles, but they don't respond accordingly. I am telling you, it is both hearing by the word of God and responding to the word of God. You want to grow in the miraculous? You want to grow in healing? You want to grow in expectation? Begin to respond accordingly when you hear him. I mean, how many times have you heard the call of God to pay for somebody's food and you didn't? Oh, God would never ask me to be generous to the guy behind me as a devil. What? Well, God wouldn't let me use my last cent on that guy. What? Oh, that dude's a sinner. What? This happens to all of us. I ain't pulling no punches. I've had that before. I've had to work that out of me. <laughs> oh, well, that person's, you know, they've already, they've already got so many issues going on. If I, if I purchase, you know, this meal for them or whatever, it's, it's not really going to help them help themselves, you know. God isn't really concerned about their obedience right now. He's concerned about yours. Yeah. I appreciate anybody. <laughs> like, he's not trying to use them as a chosen vessel. He's trying to use you as a chosen vessel. But you hearing him, you're just not obeying him. <laughs> See, the difference between blind Bartimaeus and us is that he heard about him and then he obeyed him. <laughs> 
Come to me, all who are weary, heaven laid, and I will give you rest. Yeah, come to me. He never met a person he didn't heal when they came to him. So what happens here is blind Bartimaeus, he cries out to God. I believe, oh, friends, I believe there's going to be a church in Grand Rapids right here called Takeover Church that is going to call out to God, cry out to him. Now, based upon what we've seen in the previous generation, now based upon what we've seen fail in ministry, now what we've seen how pastors have fallen so mightily, so recently, but because of what we've heard about Jesus. We're going to cry out because we hear, not because we've seen. I'm not interested in living this way. Horizontal doesn't do anything for me. Vertical gives life to everything in me. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. Blind Bartimaeus cries out and they say, hey, blindy, shut up. Don't you know he's working miracles over here? But isn't that kind of the church in Grand Rapids? Listen, I honor my brothers and sisters, I do. Some of them think they're brothers and sisters and they're not. And if we don't talk about truth, how will you differentiate between the two? If we don't talk about and point out that there are in fact, and God bless those who are actually saved, pastoring in the fear and word of God, filled with the spirit of God. God bless them. But Grand Rapids shouldn't look the way it does if we all, takeover included, were living like blind Bartimaeus. So God bless them. I'm not here to trash them. I'm here to say there's more. Our revelation must be more so our expectation can be more so our participation can be more so our exhortation and our proclamation can be made more. Why? Because he is more. He's more than what we've seen. He's more than what we've given. He's more than what we've received. So what have you been hearing? What have you been hearing? Because I've been hearing a move at the upper room and baby, I want it. I've been hearing a move at Bethel, three-hour services. I want it. People are ticked that I just said that. I don't care. If I get him, I'll keep you here. If you don't want him, you can leave. That's okay. You are not contractually obligated to be here. I want to be here if he's coming. But I've heard what he's doing, and I want it. I hear about buildings being paid off miraculously by Jesus' image, and I, and I want it. Like, I, I hear him doing great and mighty things in the earth. And friends, I'm going to pursue that. We are going to pursue that. Because blind Bartimaeus, he didn't allow those around him who may have been around Jesus longer than him, walking with Jesus further than him, to determine the response within him. No, instead he cried out again. He cried out again. He said, Jesus, son of David, will you please have mercy upon me? And what happened? Jesus broke loose, broke through the noise, silenced all the seers. And called him to him. I want to be called out to Jesus amongst all the churches that live based off seeing him. Based off what they can prove. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I want to be called out above the numbers, above the doctrines, above the MDivs, 
beyond the pulpits, beyond the boys club of pastors and churches. I want to be called out for being people who are faithful with what they've heard so they can receive what he's released. Because in that moment, he calls out, he cries out. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Can I just say right now, a very notable man in the charismatic Pentecostal world was just exposed for having secret sin in his life and some crazy things are happening at a great church. It sucks, it breaks my heart, kicks me right in the gut and I hate it, but I am telling you, friends, I'm not gonna let what I see defer what I hear. And I'm not gonna take what I see determine what I believe. Just because a house of prayer falls doesn't mean that his place still isn't a house of prayer. In fact, there's resurrection life in that building right now, in that community right now. I don't know why I just went into Christopher Walken, but he's moving. And I'm not interested in being silenced by those that don't have faith around us. I'm not interested and not being able to pierce out amongst the noise. I want to be a blind Bartimaeus kind of church that has seen the miraculous, but has heard even more. And we don't rest on only what we've seen the last five years, but we go after what his big story narrative for 6,000, 10,000, whatever, old earth, young earth, doesn't matter. He made the earth. That is what I'm going after. Anybody with me? Because what happens is Jesus, he calls him. And he says, no, no, no. Not only have you held him back, but now I need you to bring him to me. So what does that do? God makes the haughty low and he exalts the humble. So no matter what he does in our midst, we're not gonna get full of ourselves. In fact, we're gonna continue to come back here, rid us of our own selves and get full of him more so he can keep doing what he does. And then when we start to get full again, we're going to empty ourselves back out and make sure we're never getting filled with ourselves and we're going to go back to him. <laughs> like that's the commitment I'm making to you. That's the commitment I'm making to us. That's the commitment I'm making to him with this house. We're not going to get filled with Pastor Matt. We're not going to get filled with miracles. We're going to get filled with him. We're not going to boast in us or even in the miraculous. We're going to boast in him. But we're going to pursue all that he has. We're going to go after all that we've heard. And like blind Bartimaeus, guess what ends up happening? He raises him up and he asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? <sighs> if that's not a question he's asking this house, and if that's not a question he's asking in the earth right now, I don't know what else he's saying. What do you want me to do for you? You've heard a lot. What do you want? You've seen nothing, but you hear everything. What, what do you want me to do for you? The amazing part about blind Bartimaeus is he may not even have been talking to Jesus for all he knew. <laughs> they could have brought him to any jabroni. <laughs> they could have been pulling a prank on him. He has no idea. But he has faith in what he's heard. And Jesus extends an invitation. And when Jesus extends an invitation, he makes good on that invite. And blind Bartimaeus is like, what? Would you? He didn't say if. He didn't say if you can, because he's already heard he can. 
He didn't say, hey, if you find it in your will. No, 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 he already heard what's in his will. All the things that you and I come with our little, you know, measly prayer requests. Well, if you can, if you will, if you think enough of me. Blind Bartimaeus, he shows us. God don't give a rip about none of that. It's not about you. It's about him. And when it's not about you and it's about him and he's asking you what he can do for you, best believe you swing for the fences. Well, God, if you could make it so I could just see a little bit with some glasses. God, if you could just keep it sunlight out so I can get around a little bit longer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't ask for like small, little, insignificant things. The very thing that has robbed him of his literal viability and worth in the earth because he can't work. He's at the behest of everyone else. He don't know when the sun's up unless someone tells him. He don't know if the sun's down unless someone tells him. He doesn't know if he should be outside begging for money unless somebody tells him. He doesn't know if everyone else is inside or not. He, doesn't, he can't even find his own home, his own place of rest. Like everything he needs is predicated upon what he's heard. What say you, Takeover Church? What say you, worship team, you can make your way over. What say you? Because he says, would you heal me? Would you restore my eyes? And Jesus says, go. Your what? Your faith has healed you. Well, how did he get faith? By hearing. And by hearing what? The word of God. By hearing the word of God. It's who he is. That's who our God is. Would you stand? This is what he does. This is who our God is. This is what he does. Now, I'm gonna invite the worship team up. We're gonna sing a song. We're gonna go into a moment of ministry, but I have an invitation for you and I'm gonna ask the prophet of the house, Zach Kramer, to join me. Zach, you can just... Uh, um, you can join me up here if you want to grab the other microphone because maybe you want to share something. Um, but uh, we're actually going to come down and we're going to move amongst you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pursue the fire that is found in blind faith. And we're going to be obedient. And yeah, if you have a sickness, we want to, we want to, we want to pray over that. But not, but not just the sickness. I don't, I don't want to just be a... Uh, I don't want to be a healer. I want to be a great exporter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be a great healer unto my glory. I want to be a great exporter of what? Him. His healing needs. His healing abilities. His healing ways. So what I want to do as we begin to sing and we begin to create an atmosphere of faith, I want Zach and I, the prophet of the house, to walk around and we're going to start laying hands on people and believing for an impartation of the gift of healing and the ministry of healing. That we would see blind Bartimaeus' birth in the room, though you see, I'm believing for ears of faith to be open. Because blind Bartimaeus, he didn't need his natural eyes to see, the eyes of his heart were open. How were the eyes of his heart open? By what he had heard. And some of us, the eyes of our hearts have actually been closed because of what you've heard in our city, because of what you've heard in other churches, because of what you've heard on YouTube and podcasters and end time preachers and all these things, the eyes of your heart 
have been closed off to the miraculous, healing, amazing power of God because of what you've heard and how you've responded. Today, we hear Jesus for who he is. You can kill the lights. Jesus for who he is. Yeah, you can leave that back one on. Perfect, guys. Healing for who he is. And what the name of Jesus actually says. So I'm just gonna step aside for a second. I'm gonna start praying and I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna let the prophet of the house rat a tat tat do his thing. But I'm gonna start making my way around as we worship. Really, I want you to worship. Don't worry about me, okay? This isn't about me. It's about him. And if you're not being prayed over, you make it about him. Amen? Well, is pastor gonna come pray over me? I don't know, he determines that, but make it about him. Even if I don't make my way around to you, even if I don't come and pray for you, it's about him. Amen? All right. Prophet, do your thing. <laughs> 